Simply Savage, Episode 4, Play to Your Weaknesses. Welcome to Simply Savage, the podcast that talks about how to keep Savage Worlds fast, furious, and fun. I'm Ron Blessing. And I'm Christian Serrano. And in this episode, we're going to talk about playing to your weaknesses. In other words, hindrances. Yes. And uh, specifically, what we want to touch on is the what, what hindrances really mean um, in the greater sense of, of the Savage Worlds RPG system, but also what they can mean for your respective character, making sure that your players and game masters have a mutual understanding of what the hindrances mean and how right. those hindrances can uh, come into effect in uh, throughout the campaign. More than a lot of other games, the hindrances in Savage Worlds are literally a mixed bag. Some are mechanical in nature. Some are specifically roleplay-based that you'll and a lot of times I see people take hindrances the role play hindrances as kind of gimmies and they're yeah. giving up opportunities because you get more bennies with the role playing hindrances than you can with the mechanical hindrances. I agree and I, and I think that that touches on the whole idea of the mutual understanding between player and GM but you know we'll get to that in a second. I want to go back to what you were saying though about the dichotomy of uh, mechanical versus role playing. Um and I think there's there's sort of a third in uh in that they are role playing with a mechanical piece but then people tend to just default to only using the mechanical piece and not implementing the role play part of it too would that be a trichotomy <laughs> trichotomy i don't know what, i don't know what that it's not a trichotomy. i think it would be a trifecta it could be maybe could be. i don't know so uh well, you, you know, know what listener if you know what we would call that if two is a dichotomy what would you call three i that would be a great little could be a trichotomy. situation yeah maybe i don't know yeah. I don't know. Well, we'll find out because I know someone will answer that for us. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. So, so yeah, you're right. There are, there are ones where you can do both, but some are very specific. You know, you're supposed to get, and this is my kind of take on what I've, I, I read in the rules, is you're supposed to get Benny's whenever your hindrances actually cause a problem for your character. Not just because you said a thing or whatever, but it's actually got to be a problem. For the hindrance to, to, to net you a Benny. Right. So that's something that you have to keep in mind. And I, I think there's a problem with some GMs um, failing to give those Bennies out. But it's not because they don't want to give them out. I think it's because they don't notice it or they're not sure or they haven't memorized their players' character sheets. So one thing I tell my players is... If you're specifically taking an action to draw bennies from the Game Master, I don't think there's anything wrong with telling them that or coming up with some kind of a signal. You know, even if you're putting your hand out or, or something to try to get that benny from the, from the Game Master. Yeah. So, and, and we touched on this back when we covered uh, um, bennies. Um, right. Where, like I use a nomination system. I, I allow my players sure. to nominate each other because I'm, I'm busy keeping track of the game. And yep. I, you know, I, I overlook these things, so I let them say, "Hey, so and so should get a Benny for you know doing X, Y, Z." So, so what is your favorite hindrance as a player, and what is your favorite hindrance as a game master? And I'm asking this to our listeners, but I think we should also answer it. 
Yeah, I think so. I, I have a favorite hindrance, but I never really play it. It's more of a conceptual thing that I never really got to play. Um, Death Wish. I okay. like the idea of like, you know, something horrible has happened to me in the past and I want revenge and I will do whatever it takes, even if it means my own death to make that or happen. Or maybe that death is an actual desire. I, I've actually played right, right. the Death Wish hindrance uh, for a campaign. M- maybe I have some sort of like, you know, uh, terminal illness, right? It is and, it is a neat it is a neat neat uh hindrance. Right. Um believe it or not my player and GM one is is the same. Mm-hmm. Uh, my favorite is curious. Oh yeah, yeah, and, yeah, yeah. And that's a fun because one. Because that's really a great gateway. As a game master, I love it when one or more players has curious. Right. Because you know that they're going to take the bait, right? Especially if they want those bennies. Um as a player I like curious. Because it gives me ex- an excuse to help the game master move the plot along. Yeah, um, I, I think it's a really an empowering hindrance on both sides of the of the screen, as it were. What's your favorite game master one? So I I like Curious, but it was actually a combination that one of my players did one time. I'm trying to remember what the other one was. Actually, it might have been Curious and Cautious. Okay. Yeah, I think that's that might have been one. So it, it seems like they would they would like sort of. Um, nullify each other in a weird way because i call them cautious i'm not going to go do that but right. it was um yeah it was he he played it well in that he he let his sort of compulsion of curiosity um overcome his cautiousness but he still approached like you know there's a statue that has you know maybe a lever on it or something weird like that right he would still go and try to pull the lever, but he would just do it carefully, <laughs> you know. Yeah, yeah, and, that's and it was really so, neat. It was it was a fun combination, and um, so yeah, I, I think I think that was that's been that's been the one of the more fun ones that I've seen. My um, all time favorite combo actually comes from Deadlands, and I've used this in my in my game before, and it is Heavy Sleeper and Night Terrors. Oh wow. Yeah, yeah, I, I could I, see that. I could see that. I've I've used that as a get out of jail free card for my group. Um, they nice. they got themselves TPK'd, and I turned it into that player's nightmare. Wow, wow, and, that's uh, brilliant. Good, good and it's GMing. cool because I I got to really, um, really like hammer the players because it was a good lesson for them because they had split the party in a really dangerous situation and got themselves killed. So I actually, instead of backing off, I really laid into them. And then at the end, I had that player's character wake up, and I, I ended the session with, and that's why you don't split the party. Nice. <laughs> and they were like, what? <laughs> so so I have one more that, that I thought was really cool. That's a, and I think this this might actually be my favorite. And it was Quirk. And it was during when I, when I was running Necessary Evil, and uh, one of my players was a speedster. Right. And her quirk was that she would constantly fidget if things were still. So when the party was sitting around talking and planning or whatever, at the table, she would literally fidget like crazy deliberately nice. to, to express that. And it was, it was so brilliant. I was like, that is, that is fantastic. And uh, So yeah. did you ever have that cause a real problem in game? No, she ended up not uh, playing long enough to for it to for it to oh, come up. That's too like bad. That. I would have, I would have, because uh, I could see like waiting for somebody in the shadows, and you're like, must move hands, right. yeah. make a stealth check. <laughs> yeah, yeah, ex- I would have totally done that. Yeah, I would have totally done that. Uh, yeah, so I, th- I thought that was fun. That was a really fun way of of using that hindrance. Um, very appropriate for that character. So, so one of the things I see 
uh, most common with hindrances is people take exactly the amount that you're allowed to take that gives you points for character building. And they don't take additional. Right. And I think there's something to be said for taking more. Because if you take more, that is more opportunity for Benny's. You're getting those hindrances. If you're playing correctly, it's causing problems for your character. So you're getting a much bigger benefit than a couple of character points. I, I think one of the biggest problems with, with um, people not playing the hindrances is that there isn't a clear communication between player and GM of an understanding of what that hindrance means for the character and in the setting. And it would help to actually tell the game master, this is what I plan to do for this hindrance. What do you think? Right. And then for the game master to also say, okay, I also see it impacting XYZ. What do you think? I expect these types of things to happen with you having this hindrance. Right. Is that going to work for you? And if it's not, let's talk about a different hindrance. Right. Like right. I've had that conversation with my player before where they're like, I'm going to do this hindrance. And we'll start, we'll talk about it. And then I'll say, you know what? That sounds a lot more like this hindrance over here. Let's kind of unpack that a little bit and, and see where you're at with it. Right. And oftentimes we'll change the hindrance or my mind will get changed and I'll see the hindrance in a new light. Like, uh, I've always thought that curious and cautious were very much at cross purposes. Um, yeah. But you just enlightened me in a way that I had not been enlightened before. Right. So I think that's pretty neat. And that's another reason these conversations can be so powerful, right? Yeah. 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 I mean, you just learn different angles that, you know, and, and quite honestly, a lot of these things came from my players. They, you know, right. Their own creativity. They, they were like, I like this two, these two things together, or I like this interpretation of quirk because of my character's traits. And, uh, you know, and I'm like, that is brilliant. That is really creative and fun, you know? I like to use hindrances in different ways in the game. Like, for instance, uh, during a one-shot, I like to direct players at the hindrances to give them an idea of what that character is going to be like. Right. Or how they should play that character. If I have a lot of time for a session, or I know that the story I have isn't going to be so long, I will often leave hindrances blank and just give people the archetypes and have them add their hindrances themselves. Yeah at yeah. the beginning of the session so that they can have some decision and, and some buy-in for that character as well. Yeah, I think I think that's a great way to handle pregens for any campaign, whether it's at a convention or, or at home or, or you know, uh, a one-shot. Um, it's a great way for either you to introduce, here's what this, what I envision this character concept being for this, you know, for this adventure, or for right. the players, to, as you said, become invested in that character and really defining it and honing it into a personality. And I'll print up the hindrance summary page like five or six times and yeah. give them out with the characters and say, Hey, if you have any questions beyond this, let me know. But here are the hindrances that are available to you. You can take one major and two minor. Uh, any additional hindrances won't get you points, but they will potentially get you bennies if you play them right. You know what I need to do for my players and just for myself as well is do little tents with whatever hindrances that character has and have the player put that in front of them so that not only can I see it, but then other players can see it too. And, you know, then it, we, we sort of see that as part of the personality as well. I, I recommend also putting their parry and their toughness on there so you can stop asking them during the game what it is. Yeah, that's a good idea. 
Um, they do idea. that on the on the tents for the old Savage Worlds Explorer Society. Um, they they had that parry toughness and and uh, their notice skill in case the GM wanted to roll their notice behind the screen or something. Nice. Um, I don't typically do that with notice rolls, but I could see why that would be useful. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. adding the hindrances to that, pretty brilliant. That's pretty cool. Yeah, I like that idea. I like that a lot. So maybe it's time to redesign that tent and put it out somewhere in the ether. Yeah, I think someone who you, sh- you who get on that excels at looking at things and finding the right uh, usability for it. For instance, somebody like that ought to make that that sort of a new tent. I'll do it if you produce it, Chris- Christian. <laughs> I'll design it if you produce it. Pro- what do you mean produce it? I, I don't do layout. Oh, got it, got it. Yeah, I don't do layout much either. At least not right. good looking layout. We'll send it to Joel. We'll send it to Joel. Have him <laughs> fix it. Yeah. Here's here's all this stuff, Joel. Fix yeah. this for us. Make Can you make fix that? It, make it good. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you what. If you're listening and you do do layout, uh, and you'd be interested in helping us put together a tent, and maybe we'll release it from the Savage Bloggers Network. Um. Let us know. That'd be really we'll cool. We'll throw that together. Yeah. That'd be really cool. Yeah. Yeah. Very cool. So, Ron, there are there are a number of hindrances that have basic modifiers, right? Like maybe mm-hmm. uh, a charisma modifier. Sure. Min- minus one charisma. Um, and there's like multiples of those, right? Toughness ones. Right. Yep. How do you handle um, a player who says, okay, Basically, this just boils down to minus one charisma. Fine. Cool. Whatever. But they don't actually necessarily deal with the actual sort of flavor of that hindrance. They just see it as just mm-hmm. a flat minus one charisma. Yeah. So the first thing I do is I discourage them from taking the hindrance if they're not going to play it. Um, if the ship has sailed, I will discuss with them the potential necessity of giving up advances to buy off the hindrances. Okay. But um, another thing I will do is I will use those hindrances as they're um, intended, and I'll put them in a situation where they're going to need to either roll persuasion or streetwise to to either get information or actually change someone's opinion of them. Mm-hmm. And I make them make that roll <laughs> and deal with it. And when they they fail they get their Benny and they, they have an understanding of you teach through example. Okay. That's fair. And they either get on board with it or they want to get rid of the hindrance. I've even been able to, you know, one thing I've done with every one of my campaigns and every game system I've ever run is after one to three sessions, I give everybody at the table a chance to modify their character. Okay. You know, you've played the game, you have yeah. a better understanding of the setting, you have a better understanding of what your original vision was for your character, here's a chance to make that change. You know, no questions asked, make whatever change you think is necessary right. to make right. sure that you're going to enjoy this campaign. Right. Yeah, I do that as well. So... Because sometimes, um, you know, new player, they they read a description, they understand it a certain way. So if it's early in the campaign, I'll make that suggestion. I'll say, you know what? I think you need to take a different hindrance. Right. So are there any problematic hindrances that you can think of? I can think of a couple. You know, yeah, some of the ones that could be kind of bad guy hindrances. 
Bloodthirsty. Um, Bloodthirsty is one. I had a guy who used Bloodthirsty just to like just murder anybody he came up to. <laughs> What's that one? I, I you know I can't remember the name of it for some stupid reason, but it's um, it's uh, synonymous with vindictive. Um, vengeful. Vengeful. Thank you. The major version of vengeful could break a campaign. So so I I try to avoid vengeful major. Well, and and I think the problem there is the is the interpretation of the word injustice, right? A perceived right. perceived injustice, and I think that's where things fall apart because people take players, especially honestly, players that take major vengeful have a type that yeah. I try to avoid at my table. I don't want to be a, I don't want to be that guy. But but in all honesty, in my experience. Most of the players I play with on a regular basis would look at that hindrance the same way I would and say, oh, that, that's not going to help this campaign along. Let's not play that one. Right, right. So, And there's a reason that the more heroic Savage Worlds campaigns all say you can't have this hindrance. <laughs> so th- this is kind of on a personal note. There's one hindrance that I just never liked. Mm-hmm. And uh, I shouldn't say never liked it. it Came, it was from, it's from a setting that came out not too long ago, and that's I an, never liked you. <laughs> it's it's an ETU, and um, it is the ADHD one. A little tone deaf, maybe, maybe a little offensive. Yeah, yeah, and then you know, as someone who who, who struggles with ADHD, I, I was I was a little offended by it. Quite honestly, right. um, it actually pushed me yeah. away from the setting a little bit. Um, because Weird. Th- I was okay. thinking, yeah, I well, that. because I was thinking, like, if this were any other kind of disability or, or struggle that, you know, somebody was, was struggling with, um, you know, it, you know, or any other learning disability, right? Like right. Dyslexia, you know, like you wouldn't make a hindrance for dyslexia, would you? You know what I mean? I mean, I guess you could if somebody's willing to play it, but I think I would let a player choose to make that hindrance for themselves. Yeah. With an acceptance at the table, but I wouldn't publish it in a book personally. Probably, I would probably avoid that. Right. I probably would not have published that hindrance. Right. I, I, I won't argue with you there. I probably would not have. Yeah. So that. So that. Um, you know. Yeah. Um, but I would also like to see hindrances that are, in fact, legitimate. You know, like disabilities, like you know, maybe um, um, paraplegic. Right. I think there's those are legit. I mean, look at Barbara Gordon. Right. Oh yeah, you could totally play Oracle. Yeah. Yeah, you know, there's there's a, or, or Professor Xavier. I, I guess my point being is, you know, I, I would like to see a, you know more exploration of that, right? You know, I mean, not to make fun out of disabilities, but I know you can play a blind person. Yeah, I know that blind, deaf, right? Um, yeah, I guess that kind of covers most of them. I mean, there's others, right? You're, we're, yeah. we're talking about major physical type of hindrances. Yeah. Um, color blindness doesn't exist in, you know, as a hindrance. That would be an interesting one. I'd like to rename the lame hindrance because when I think of lame, I think of like, like, yeah, you know, that's lame, dude. <laughs> you know what I mean? I think like, uh, you know, you're, you're kind of a dork. That's what I think of when I think of lame. Right. But I don't know what else I would call it. <laughs> that said, the whole point of this discussion is to point out to people that these, these are your friends Hindrances make the game interesting. Yeah. Um, so if you think you're playing your character in a way that's kind of just use your hindrances to sort of min-max your character to get some extra points at the beginning of the campaign, you're basically 
forgetting 99% of their usage. Um, so, so talk to us, tell us how you handle hindrances in your game and, uh, let's kind of have a conversation about it online. Yeah. Yeah. I'd like to hear about that. That'd be cool. Excellent. And, and even some of your favorite hindrances or your least favorite hindrances. Yeah, definitely. Definitely yeah. want to talk more about this. Mm-hmm. So thanks for listening. Be sure to visit the SBN website at savagebloggers.net. Uh, you're going to see links to all the RSS feed stuff, the YouTube channel, subscriptions to our podcast, and all kinds of links. Um, if you like our show and you want to show us some support, um, hit the Patreon page or uh, our PayPal donation link, both of which you can get to from our site. Whatever you do until next time, keep it fast, furious, and fun. Christian, thanks for being here. Always a pleasure, Ron.